0: Hello, Denver. Larry's Dream Intensive Workshop is fast approaching on February 27th and 28th. Set your dream in motion and qualify for funding from the Dream Intensive Foundation. Learn more at dreamintensive.com. Episode 53 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, the strategy for your future could very well be influenced by a person you have yet to meet. In this episode of Reinventure Me, we're going to talk about how networking and the law of reciprocity increases your strategic opportunities. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, welcome to episode 53 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates. Here with Armin Asadi. Hey, Armin, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Well, we're your co host for this podcast of What's Next in Life, Reinventure Me. We're here to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God has called you to. This is the Reinventure Me podcast, and we are sitting here in our luxurious home office studios.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready to, sh- to bring you a show here. I want to. Before we get going on the show, Armin, I want to talk about the Dream Intensive workshop. I have one coming up in Denver on the 27th and 28th. If you go to dreamintensive.com and if you are interested in being part of that to unleash your dreams, type in the promo code REINVENTURE to get $30 off. Now, we just had this workshop this past weekend here in Minneapolis, and I got to tell you, it is the most fun to get together with people who are trying to unlock what their dreams are in their life and just had a terrific time.
1: I'm bet. I saw one of the videos that you posted of, I don't know, was it a testimonial? Is yeah. that what I call it? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a very sincere, genuine appreciation he had yeah. for it.
0: That we was had, really good. Yeah. We had a few of those that went up and couldn't put them all out there, but boy, I tell you, it was just a just a blast. It was so much fun. You come down from a weekend like that and you go, whew, that was awesome. Well, we are picking up our show here today to talk about uh, strategic margin again. We talked about that back in episode 50. The idea behind strategic margin is that we want to think about our new future, we want to think about how we can become more powerful in a weighty word, not in a manipulative word, but in a way that says, hey, let's look at where God is taking us in our future, and how do we go there intentionally rather than just reactively? Right. I remember someone said, "If if you don't have an agenda, then you're part of somebody else's agenda. Yep. And so it's incumbent upon us to take the time to think about where we're headed in our lives. And to do that, we have to have some strategic margin. Back in episode 50, we talked about having the margin for us to do that, and that margin really is a simple formula of power, your ability, your capacity, minus the things that you have to do, the load, the responsibilities that you're carrying. And many of us are running margin zero lives.
1: Right. Right. And then the other aspect of it is we're talking about how, well, mainly you, this is your design, so I'm not trying to take any credit for it. But there's the five elements to increasing personal power, which was willpower. We did an episode on that. And then we did delegative power, which is the last episode. And now we're uh, going to do reciprocity in this episode. And then there's two other ones, which is creative and structural, which we'll get into in the next two episodes. So if you want to check out the last two episodes, 51 was the one on willpower. Episode 52 was the one that we talked about how anyone can unleash the power of delegation.
0: Yeah, that's right. And all these are building together so that we can have more time to think strategically about what we're to do with our lives because that really is what it's all about. And I'm excited about this idea of reciprocity power and we've talked about it before in episode number 16. Right. And I think it's really good for us to go through this again because there's a lot of good stuff here, but you know, this idea of reciprocity isn't a new one. No. Nope. It goes way way back. And in fact, I think Jesus had something to say about it even, right? That's right. It's our Inspire Me
1: segment. Let's get it in. All right. So if there's any theologians that are listening, I'm sorry that you're about (laughs) to hear the message version. I know. I know. But here, Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way generosity begets generosity. So if there's a theologian listening, I should do like King
0: James Version or something. That's right. Well, of course, that makes it official. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, this idea, though, of giving, when you give, you do get something more back is, you know, seems to be studied a lot, as right now is called the Law of Reciprocity, but it's been around a long, long time.
1: Right. Isn't it interesting how the Bible says a lot of things, and then oh yeah only later, dis- we create... We have these discoveries, the right? The <laughs> The new yeah. law. It's a yeah. new discovery, never yeah. heard before. Yeah.
0: So what is reciprocity? You know, it's very simple. The, the idea that when you give something to someone, there is a sense of obligation that something is... Well, you create a sense of obligation that something is given back. Right. And marketers know this all too well. They would show that if you could put a dollar, and they'd done this you know, you put a dollar in mail, Mm -hmm. it increases the likelihood of a response to a survey Mm -hmm. because people feel like they got something and now they feel some obligation to give it back. You know, it's a very cheap way to have a participation in a study, just give them a (laughs) dollar, you know, right? And take this to an extreme. I think maybe this isn't quite as extreme as it can go, but it certainly seemed it to me because when Stephanie. My oldest daughter was looking for colleges. There was one college she really wanted to stop at in Iowa and I couldn't understand why. It was a small college. It didn't really have anything to do with what she was wanting to pursue in her degree. So I said, "Stephanie, why are you interested in this college?" And she said, "Well, because they had a nice mailer, you know, and about the college." I said, "Well, what did they Tell you, I mean, what was it that they said? I'm a marketing guy. I was kind of curious about how a mailer could really increase her interest in this college. And it was because they sent her a stick of gum in the mailing, you know, Shut <laughs> up. <you> <laughs> I
1: was like,
0: Oh, so we're going to go visit of- a college because you got a stick of gum. And it's like, Are there is some, well, me? I think it's kind of cool. Cause they sent a, <laughs> a stick of gum, no, but man, I wonder dude. how many kids actually did stop by, you know, cause Stephanie was interested to do so. so I said, I don't think we're going to go to a, visit a college on it because of a stick of gum, but it does demonstrate this very simple thing right. that you can create obligation without a lot of cost and you can and because people feel like oh that stands out when they receive something that's unexpected and it reminds me of that movie Finding Forrester Forrester is the uh, reclusive author who is the mentor an unlikely mentor mm-hmm. of this young kid who's trying to be an author and he says to his friend when he's talking about how to court this woman he always says an unexpected gift at an unexpected time mm. And that's really very brilliant because if you give an unexpected gift, and an unexpected time, then it creates this sense of reciprocity. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, you stand out because when it's expected, then yeah. it's not as much, and it's an expected time, it's not as much. It's like, like Valentine's is coming up right yeah. <laughs> this weekend, yeah. And that, what do you expect for Valentine's? What does a woman expect to receive what on Valentine's? Chocolates. Flowers, chocolates, yeah. and a dinner right. <laughs> dinner out, right? That's yeah. not exactly an unexpected gift and an unexpected time, right. which is my. My approach with Anna is just to remind her that every day is Valentine's Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for good reason. For good reason. There's a mutual benefit in there for you. Right. right. <laughs> well, I think that quote right there, it sounds a lot more profound with Sean Connery's
0: accent. Yeah, it does. It's an unexpected gift at an unexpected time.
1: That wasn't his accent at all. But one play. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought I did pretty well there.
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> patting myself on the back, and you just cut my knees out from <laughs> <right under> me. <laughs> Well, that was an unexpected <laughs> dig at an unexpected time. <laughs> sorry, I'm not working uh, out right. with this yeah, reciprocity okay. thing. I took a risk. I'm going back in my cave now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, let's see. We talked about networking like a pro back in episode 16. And Still fundamentally, when favorites. you talk about reciprocity, you're really talking about the power of networking. Right. Because that's really where it comes to bear. And we got a call recently about that episode. And I thought, well, since we're talking about reciprocity today, it might be fun to listen to this caller Mm -hmm. and just respond to it. Let's do it. All right.
2: Hey, this is Mark from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. I'm in the process of trying to begin a ministry. And my question is, you said a number of times on your podcast that networking has to add value to the other person. And I guess the difficulty I'm running into is how can I be genuine in trying to add value to someone else when, to a very real extent, I'm just trying to promote myself and let people know about my ministry? And also, attached with that then, how do I add value to people when I don't have a lot to add to them? I don't know them. I don't know who they are or what they're doing and... How can I genuinely say I want to add value to them when I don't even know who this person is? Thanks, and hopefully you guys will be able to answer this in the next question.
0: Bye. Well, there are two questions there, Armin, and I, I think that those are fairly common questions for people, especially starting out that may not have a network. They're trying to get out. They're trying to get something done. And you could tell, perhaps, in the first question that there's a sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, I've got something I need to communicate or sell or yep. get somebody to buy into. And how do I go about doing that when that's really the case? I mean, it's all one thing about giving to your network, but what if I just need to receive from it? You know, how do I get started there? And then the second question I think he's asking is, well, genuinely, how do I help give something to someone when I don't really feel like I've got anything to give them? Because I'm the low guy in the totem pole here now. I'm just getting started. And what do I have to give to somebody who seems like they have it all?
1: Right. I'd love to jump into the second question, but maybe you want to jump on the first question.
0: Yeah. So the first question is about the urgency that he has around needing to get something done. And I do like the title of Harvey McKay's book, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. Hmm. Because far too often, I think we may have talked about this back in episode 16, far too often people approach networking when they have to. Yep. They don't approach it with a mindset of cultivating a network regardless of whether they need anything from it right then or or now. So Mark, I would suggest that when you are thinking about networking, you have to get rid of this idea that you're desperate. You have to get rid of the idea that it doesn't matter. You're going to make an investment, and that investment will pay off because reciprocity pays off, but you're not investing in order to get the payoff from the next conversation. There's a difference between selling and networking. And that's, I think, the distinction here. When you talk about networking and you're building a network, then you're better able to, I think, really better able to sell when you have the relationship already built, and the relationship is built upon mutual interest rather than just your own interest. In fact, the Bible says, don't just look out for your own interest, but look out to the interest of others. So there's nothing wrong with your own interest going on there, Mark, but look out for what the interests of others are. No, so now the second question, why don't you jump in there and I've got something to add as well.
1: Yeah. And I would say, Mark, there's a mindset that goes into it in terms of thinking that you don't have value to add, and that's it's actually not true. You do have a lot of value that you can add. Mm -hmm. You may not know it yet, but you do. And I'll say this in majority of networking opportunities that you'll find, and by opportunities I don't mean that it's always an opportunity for you to gain value. It can be an opportunity for you to give value. When somebody has a real problem, a lot of times what happens is that there's a real solution and it can come through you. And more often than not, it comes through a relationship that you already have. And it just comes to you connecting one person to another person. You may actually be adding value to both people simultaneously by making that kind of connection. So it just Immediately going into the situation thinking you don't add value, I think it's the wrong mentality to have. And I don't know you, but I would still say you already have value. Your relationship is value. The people you know have value. The connections you can make have value. You carry value with you everywhere that you go in the relationships that you have.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we should talk about a myth that we probably need to bust here too. And that one of the things that happens, especially if you're trying to network up you're trying to network into somebody who's a lot further along in their career, maybe Mm -hmm. more established or whatever you have the mentality or it's easy to get the mentality that basically, what do you buy somebody who has everything, you know? So what do you give somebody who might be a hyper networker already? How can that bring value to them? Well, if you think about it in terms of what they might have interest in, and I think that's partly where you need to start is to say, what can I learn about what this person is doing? Because the very thing that you might offer to them may not cost you all that much. You don't need to think about just because they are further along that you have to give them something big. Mm -hmm. It could be a very small gesture. For instance, for either you or I, I think if he were networking into us and wanted something from us, if he had said, hey, I liked your networking podcast and I have a few questions on it, but I just want you to know that I shared that with five of my friends. Boom. You know, see there you go. Yep. It doesn't cost you much to do that, yep. but it says to me, hey, you valued what I did mm-hmm. in such a way that you shared it with others. Yep. That has value to me yeah. that you shared it. Now it's a very simple thing. It isn't a huge thing. It isn't that you even introduced me to anybody other than your friends mm-hmm. and it was not a direct introduction, it was an indirect introduction and even then it had value. Yeah. I have a friend of mine. His name is
1: Michael. He connected me to a guy. I, I won't name his name. He's a very private guy, but he is a billionaire. He lives in Minnesota. First time I hung out with him, I tried to pinpoint what is the value that he sees in Michael? What, what does he see that Michael can add to him? And I realized he wanted absolutely nothing from Michael other than the fact that Michael genuinely just wanted a relationship with him and treated him like a friend. There you go. And the weird thing is, is that's extremely rare for him because he's a billionaire. Yeah. So everybody wants him for his knowledge, his wisdom, his money, his network, his blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Michael jokes with him. He's mm-hmm. just a friend. Yeah. And I'm like, he actually helps him in terms of politics and all these weird things. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he wanted from Michael and the only value he saw in Michael was a genuine relationship. That was the value. And that was the greatest value, if mm-hmm. anything. So yeah. there you go.
0: So when we're talking about this networking, we're talking about this idea of reciprocity that we've, we've mentioned that marketers know all too well that you create value, you create obligation. And that's the, question, the problem, though, is that that can create some abuses, right, Armin? Oh, gosh, yeah. As soon as you understand the law of reciprocity, depending on what kind
1: of character you have, you can choose two different paths to go down, wielding it like a sword or honoring it like an opportunity given mm-hmm. by God. Mm -hmm. But
0: Sorry, I chimed in. Go ahead. No, no, I wanted you to because I think it's one of the challenges of knowing that something works is that you start using it to your selfish gain. And so if you use reciprocity as a tool only to get what you want, then you've become a manipulator of others. Right. And it's easy to grab a hold of psychological principles or principles of human behavior and start driving them to your own benefit. The problem with that is that people can sniff that a mile away. Oh, yeah. Like hound dogs.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable how quickly people sense it.
0: Right. And so if it's for self-service and you don't have authenticity of trying to really help other people in what you do, and instead what you're really trying to do is just have all the focus come back to you, and there's not a problem with having self-interest here, but if it's only self-interest that you're doing, and if it's only this manipulative form, then it's going to hurt you in the end.
1: Absolutely. Here, Let me give you guys a really good, good, good example. Right now, one of the most effective forms of marketing any company is doing, and I know we're not talking in terms of reciprocity, in terms of business, we're talking about it on an individual level, but I'm just trying to make a practical example. The most successful marketing and most effective marketing that's taking place right now across the board, and you've probably experienced this, is you get this email. It doesn't even have to be an email. You see it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, and you see these people offering you these ebooks or these guides or these video guides or whatever it is and it's something in terms of how to effectively plan your finances more or whatever it might be it can be anything and they're giving it away for free and then as soon as you click on it you say yes i do want that it's free and I, i can have it i can read it anytime i want and so you go into it and the first thing they ask you for what's your name what's your email And that's all they're trying to do. They're just trying to harvest emails because that's what creates the most probability and most prospects for them. So they give you, they add value to you by giving you something that's high quality. Yeah, it's an
0: exchange. You're saying, I'm willing to give you my email address in exchange for this document or this video or whatever it is.
1: That is high quality and does add value to you. And boom, everybody is willing to give their email to them. Everybody.
0: Yeah, and you know how reciprocity works too, Armin, is that marketers have shown that if you just ask a question that people answer. So if instead of making it one step, you make it two steps. Say, would you like to learn more about XYZ? Mm-hmm. And if you say yes, then it asks you to give you your name and to get the offer. Mm-hmm. They find that the response rate goes up if you've already been preconditioned to say yes once. Mm-hmm. So the idea is those marketers know this. They know that reciprocity works. They know that if you create one decision, you're likely to invest yourself into the next decision. And the problem, of course, is that you can use it for manipulative gain. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people that do. Usually it's lousy salespeople or lousy entrepreneurs. Well, like I said, you can kind of smell that a mile away. And it's part of what causes salespeople to have a bad name. And we've talked about that in one of the previous episodes about sales. But yep. a lot of times, it you, know, you don't want to go into sales because you think, well, I'm not a sales guy because sales guys are sleazy people. But... That's what the perception is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But sales is a very honorable profession if it's done in a way that helps people see that there is a solution to a problem that they may be experiencing and they have a way of delivering that. That's a service. Yeah. And when you see sales as service and actually serving others, then it isn't that way. But if you see it as just what you can get from it, then it does carry the stench of manipulation.
1: Yep. Okay, so let's talk about harnessing the power of reciprocity. Where do we begin with
0: that? Well, the idea about reciprocity, again, is if you're wanting to serve your network and you're truly there not to try to manipulate your network, then you need to know something about them. Mark, this is probably goes back to your earlier question, right. is that the first commitment that you have to have is discovery, to commitment to probe, commitment to finding out something about the other person. It might be research that you do on their LinkedIn profile, it might be asking questions Of people that they might know in their network. What's important to them? What are they looking out for? What is it that might be able to be helpful to them? But when you're meeting with them in person, that you're genuinely asking questions about what they are up to, where they are going. And I like the Thomas Merton questions. I think we might have talked about this in one of the earlier episodes. Thomas Merton, a Catholic theologian, suggests if you want to know Something about me. Don't ask me how I comb my hair or what's going on, but ask me two questions. Ask me what am I living for, and what's keeping me from it. Hmm. And I think those are very powerful questions to ask someone that can get an idea of what they're all about. And when you just know, makes
1: me so mad. I always forget those two questions, and yeah. every time you say it, it it just rocks me to my core. And I never remember to ask those questions. But isn't that
0: aren't those neat questions? Those and I are think profound questions. Very I love them. How often do you have that in Christian fellowship even and say, what are you here for and what's keeping you from it? it? makes
1: me so mad. I never ask those questions. Every time I hear them, it, like, oh, it's so good, but I don't use it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It. So that's 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 the commitment to probe. And then you do this really well. The second commitment really is a commitment to help. Right. You know, you are, I mean, when I talk to you, it's like your mind is in hyperdrive. You know, I I might mention something, you go, I've got five people that can help you (laughs) with this, you know, because you're so committed to tapping relationships. And I think you believe very profoundly that nothing gets solved without the existence of relationships and the connections that you can have through it. Absolutely. And that's really what reciprocity is all about.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's funny about that is that I'm not always as hyperdrive as you see me. But the reason I'm hyperdrive with you, and this is not me butt kissing, but oh, come on. <laughs> but people like you, because you carry the same value, you truly do harness that law of reciprocity that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That I know without a doubt, when I introduce someone to you, even though it's the value to you, I know without a doubt that you will do whatever you can for that person once they're in
0: front of you. And you brought up just a superb point, Armin, about networking. And that is, if you're introduced to someone like you do for so many others, treat it with care Mm -hmm. because that introduction is gold to you, whether it's useful to you today or not. If you don't treat an introduction with care Mm -hmm. and don't try to find ways to add value to them, even if they can't add value to you, then what you've done is you've signaled to the person even that introduced them to you that you don't really add value to them yes, because they're the one that took the risk. They're the ones that offered or extended it in a way of showing thanks yep. to that person who's extending something to you is to try to add value to the person that introduced you. To
1: I will you. say this. I'll even say this to the people I've mentored. I say this. There's two things in this world that I care about more than anything. And I'm not putting this above God, my family, my wife, or anything like that. But I'll say there's two things I can't get back. I can't get back my time. I can't buy time, and I can't buy relationships. You can waste my money. You can burn my house. You can steal my car and blow it up. You can take my clothes, anything. I don't care about those things. You I can, can have those. Yeah, <laughs> I can buy all those things back.
0: Right, you can. I can't
1: buy another Larry Gates into yep, my life, and right. I can't buy more time that's into correct. my life. That's correct.
0: Those are good observations. Don't
1: take those two things away from yeah. me. So when I give them to you, respect it and honor it because I can't get those back.
0: Well said. Right? Well said. Let's just shut the podcast down right uh, here. I think (laughs) let's end on a high note. (laughs) That's great. I love that. No, it's true. Don't waste my time and don't waste my friends. Mm -hmm. They are by
1: far more bad. Money can be made again. Money can be earned again. Things that you take that have monetary value to it can be bought again, but time and people cannot be bought.
0: Yeah. And you know, the, the irony is, is that when people waste your time and they waste your friends? It's because they want the things that can be bought again.
1: Yep, that's oh, that's that. Uh, now you can drop them. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. All right. All right, thanks for joining us. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I was reading a book the other day called The Small Big. It's written by Steve Martin, not the actor, but another guy, Steve J. Martin, Noah Goldstein, and Robert Caladini. And they started talking about the reciprocity, and they they offered three suggestions. Now, we might debate these suggestions a little bit here, but the first <laughs> one was that you should go first. And I don't think either of us disagree with that. Right. You should always be the first mover. Yeah. And here's what they said about that. Going first activates the rule for reciprocity and thereby boosts the potential number of favor exchanges that are so central to mutual success in the workplace. So they're basically yep. saying when you take action, To give favor to someone else, it increases the likelihood that favor is just going to be part of the culture that surrounds you. I completely agree. And that is so keen and so correct. Golden
1: rule of networking. I don't care who you talk to that's ever written a book on networking, everybody will 100% unequivocally agree with this. If you want to be known as a networker, a person that's approachable, you be the first person. I don't care what atmosphere or environment you're in, you walk up to the person first, you stick your hand out first, you introduce yourself first. People will notch, people will notice, and people will reciprocate. Just like that person will tell you their name in return, other people will watch that you're an approachable person and you're engaged
0: and you're ready to meet. And take that to the next level. Find ways to be the first to offer a way to help. Boom. Yeah, and you got it made. Their second suggestion is to say more than you're welcome. So when you do something for someone, it's easy to just say you're welcome and just let it go. But they're suggesting that you take it a step further and kind of remind, tacitly remind them, and you may not be really explicit because this can come across a little bit cheesy, but to tacitly remind them of why you're doing it. Hmm. In other words, just say, hey, you're you're welcome, but this is the kind of stuff that we do for each other around yeah. here. You just kind of remind them that They should be thinking in a way that they also reciprocate in their network as well. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing they said is that if somebody does something for you, even like you're introducing a friend to me, express gratitude. And researchers have found that people who do someone a favor are twice as likely to do another favor if they received gratitude, thankfulness from Mm -hmm. the person when they first did a favor for them. And how easy it is for us to forget that because we're just like, move on. So now back to that comment from Sean Connery, an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. Mm -hmm. So when you give a thank you, give it in such a way that it's memorable. If you just say thanks, it doesn't rise above the clutter of noise. Find a way to give an unexpected gift at an unexpected time. In other words, find a way to say thank you so that they remember that you gave gratitude for that, that favor.
1: Yep. David Horsager, I've mentioned him before. I yes. was just in Washington, D.C. with him. This is a guy who literally consults the United States Congress. One of the things he says, one of the most appealing attributes of a human being across the board, above and beyond anything else that you've heard. Every time I've been in the room and he'll ask people, what do they think that is? And everybody always has their idea, but they never, it's, well, I shouldn't say never. It's rare that people say gratitude, but that's his answer.
0: Yes. That's good. Well, here's our challenge me for today. Go with it.
1: All right. It might seem a little bit overwhelming and difficult to do, but here's the challenge. You'll have an opportunity to connect with someone and add value to them. If you get that opportunity, give them your time, honor it, and do whatever you can to add value to them without asking for anything in return or even wanting anything in return. There you go. And just trust God. And trust that verse that we gave you in 638 out of Luke, Mm -hmm. that God will respond. Mm -hmm. You don't need the person to respond to you. You don't need the person to give value back to you. Just add value to them as if God put that person in front of you for a reason. And when you do, trust God, not people, that God will be the gift back to you. And he'll put somebody in that place that you're sitting in, but in turn, it's going to be that person making sure intentionally
0: to add value to you Yeah, because that's how God works. Yeah. So put those words, generosity begets generosity to work this week. That's right. Awesome. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to get your reviews on iTunes or Stitcher at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. Either one of those will take you right to the pages where you can type in your little friendly review. And when you do, we'll give you a shout out on this episode. That is our way of reciprocating our (laughs) gratitude for you to do that. And I just want to say thank you again for listening. And uh, we love the questions that we get on our show line as well. So if you want to come on like Mark did, the courageous Mark to leave us a question, (laughs) uh, call our show line at 61231. One four five four four seven, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com reinventure me uh, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back again next week with an episode where we' we'll talk about creativity and how we can use the power of creativity to unlock strategic opportunities in our lives as well so until then this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. And we're saying so long you've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your host Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.